Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25 so that you can save 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman, the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we're going to be taking a look ahead at the upcoming road trip for your Colorado Rockies, as they maybe have a possibility to win some games on the road. Or is that absolute crazy talk? Well, we'll get into all of that. Of course, a, a little bit of news and notes around the league. We don't have time to jump into some of the big stories that are going on, but I wanted to sort of note them and mention that we'll uh, talk about a few things. One big thing happening in, in Rocky's world, of course, is the soon-to-be eventual slated, highly anticipated return, though then just to showcase of Trevor's story. Uh, th- this has been really interesting, obviously, you know, as he's been on the IL here, um, and, and we got the good news that it didn't look like it was going to be a long-term thing. He's going to get be back out there still waiting here exactly when but it sounded like right around the corner uh and then of course we get some reports uh, in the denver post that uh, he is reportedly not that interested in signing an extension here not necessarily huge news to anybody but still something that really hadn't been publicly reported on yet and uh then there were a few comments from interim gm bill schmidt suggesting that the colorado rockies are and this was a part of the phrase I saw a lot of people leaving out, but not necessarily in a rush to trade story. Yeah, story did take batting practice today. Uh, but he said uh, before the game about uh, 30 minutes ago that uh, he's going to do some throwing today against his right elbows, throwing angle. He's going to throw from all positions, all different angles, and uh, said he might be ready sooner than you expect, but we were kind of expecting him to be ready today. Uh, so we'll kind of wait and see what happens about that. And, and yeah, as uh, you kind of alluded to there, Drew, you know, if, if Trevor Story is not going to be an all-star this year, and, and right now you got to think he's uh, behind the numbers just a little bit. I mean, shoot, even if he's in the final four. And I mean, that could be part of the, the PR nightmare, if you will, that the Rockies could be worried about is obviously if he's an all-star and he's playing with a different team, that's not going to look great when it's in your own ballpark. Um, but with the way that voting has changed this year, where they're not going to go to a final four uh, for the final week leading up to, I believe that June 27th, that, that, that Sunday date. Um, so if, if he's even in that final four and, and he's, you know, wearing a, a different team's uniform in, in the national league, or even in the American league, depending on how they uh, were to work something like that out, then even that would look bad. But uh, if it if he's really behind in the votes uh, here in the early going and uh, is continuing to just be okay, which let's face it, you know, for a lot of other superstars or a lot of other multi-time all-stars, just being okay is still really good. It's still good enough, you know, to be uh, selected to be a starter in the all-star game again. The bigger the superstar you are, the more likely it is and okay season from you is going to be enough to get it done. Nolan Arenado is now at this point as a third baseman where just an okay start for him. He's, he's still going to be the starting third baseman. We again, Colorado Rockies mid-market team. We talked about how, you know, people discount what Colorado does 
uh, in various ways and, and, and the players and the success that they have and how it can be forgotten about. People don't forget about Nolan Arenado. He's a superstar even when he's having just, let's say, an okay season. So, you know, that is a, an interesting wrinkle to think about is that if, you know, story really is just okay and, and if he's uh, really behind in voting, the Rockies might not necessarily have to wait until after the All-Star break before they make a move. Yeah. I mean, as I think we've talked about before, and one of the reasons why we're not making the entire show about this, despite the fact that the, the quotes that have come out or the headlines have been interesting and, and they move the needle a little bit, is that we've been anticipating this for quite a while. And I think you and I have kind of laid out uh, where we stand on uh, a lot of this, right? Where I'm not necessarily of the opinion that they need to trade him as, as soon as humanly possible. There's an argument for that as you've made before it's it's very simple you get more trevor story the other team gets more of him the sooner they trade him that's more games he gets to help them win and make a difference down the stretch uh and so you you would get a better package out of him the other way sometimes teams get more desperate at the trade deadline sometimes more teams get involved teams play other teams against each other at the trade deadline and you can get into a bidding war more likely so yeah i think they just need to be ready for any deal that comes forward that really does look like it can help them reboot their farm system in a proper way or, 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 or jump what they they need to do. And if that deal comes along, if it, if it doesn't until now, I think they there's no problem waiting, you know, until the deadline and then really, you know, just taking what you can get <laughs> at that point and, and hoping that there is some kind of bidding war. But, uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting. Like you said, they, they, it kind of opens up for them now where – even the fact that he's playing kind of mediocrely and, and Ryan McMahon may be their all-star allows them to not worry too much about that. He's not going to be at the game anyway in, in someone else's jersey and not embarrass you extra, as it were. Um, you know, I, I think now is the time to, to do it. Yeah, and, and, you know, at a certain point, speculation is just speculation. Uh, right now, for, for anyone who's been listening and uh, is – mildly interested in our personal lives. You know, we're both in the, in the midst of, uh, of a transition and, and, and moving from one place to another, selling a home, uh, purchasing another place. And, you know, it's, it's a very rough market right now for, for buyers uh, and an interesting one for sellers. Of course, it is a seller's market. But again, you, you make a transaction like this and, and people are, you know, uh, bidding $10,000 over the asking price and all this stuff. And again, you can speculate about, well, if we did this, how much would we have gotten? Or what if we had maybe been searching a little bit sooner and uh, maybe we could have saved this much money? What if we did it last year at the beginning of the pandemic? Oh man, the, the value of these homes, you can speculate all you want about what could have been. But at the end of the day, if you're happy about the deal, if you're happy about the transaction and you come away saying like, right. all right, this is good, then that's that. Um, I don't think they you know, I don't think they probably felt that way as much uh, with the Nolan Arenado deal. Again, they got back pieces that you can go, hey, I'm, we're hopeful. But I, I think they probably left that deal going, look, we are we were a little bit handcuffed here. We had to get rid of this contract. We were worried. But with Trevor Story, you know, again, you can hold on to him for the rest of the season and feel okay about a potential uh, compensatory pick. Again, yeah. if he's if he also finishes the season injured, now you've got a you've got a problem, and and maybe maybe this is an avenue we 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 discuss, but uh, I'll table that for a second. Again, you can say, look, I, we're still going to get something, so we're in, in a sense we could get something for nothing, even if we just leave them on the roster for the whole year. Right. So already, right. yeah. So already they've got some uh, some position of strength. So um, they they. Sh 
they don't need to save that money, right? They're gonna their pay Trevor is eighteen and a half million, whatever it is. Um, so in, in that case, if if you're offering us something we like, or even if it's just one player that we've really been coveting for a while, we'll go ahead and sign off on that deal. The thing that they have to be careful of is, you know, this right arm inflammation. Again, we are not in the trainer's room. We have no idea. Uh, I'm sure uh, head trainer Keith Duggar doesn't have any idea what's going to happen in the future, right? No one has a crystal ball when it comes to injuries. Sure. But much like with the Mets dealing with Noah Syndergaard, who's now out, um, you go, well, wait a minute. If we put a qualifying offer on this guy, if you put a qualifying offer on Trevor Story and he has a very, you know, banged up, season this year and, and teams maybe are really worried uh if you put those feelers out by your agent and you're worried about uh signing him to a long-term deal then the rockies are going to go ahead and put out that qualifying offer and he's going to accept it and he's coming back that's again not necessarily a bad thing but how much are you going to get for him next year on the trade market and what if the injuries continue to happen over and over again and then as it turns out you never actually get to cash in that chip that you thought you were going to be able to have. So yeah. uh, that, that, I mean, injuries are always the, the big grand X factor in sports, right? Yeah. And not just on the field uh, in, in transactions and trades and what to do with how to rebuild your team and a, an ill-timed injury. Uh, and that's why you got to get, that's why you almost have to get rid of them as soon as possible to a degree. Again, if you're not getting back anything good, you can't accept that. And I get yeah, that. Yeah. You can't just take, yeah, exactly. But you can't wait and wait and wait. Uh, again, if, if he, if he recovers from this injury and, and, and is looking fine, that's great. But it's very interesting, this reminder. And I don't think it's necessarily a, a Rockies thing. Uh, but again, your two biggest trade chips, John Gray and Trevor story, both on the IL as reminders that, well, hold on a second, you you aren't necessarily going to be able to, to put that qualifying offer on a guy like John Gray. If you put a qualifying offer on him, he's most likely, I would think, accepting that. Um, and then at, yeah. then can you trade him next year and get anything? His, his value is probably going to be highest right now. Um, and so again, sign John, but yeah, I mean, I think they'd rather sign both of them. Well, that's another question. And maybe report that, that it doesn't sound like Trevor's that interested in signing. And so that, you don't blame him. That, that, which, right, no one would and no one does. And so that makes you go, okay, well, if that's the case, then you do, you know, you, you get what you can for him. But, um, so, so that, that brings up an an interesting question then. Do you think the Rockies should re sign John Gray? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we just did like 40 minutes on it on the podcast uh, did. a couple days ago. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. For for all the reasons that we talked about, for everything that he's been and, and, and proved. Again, getting rid of John Gray is um, – what's that old uh, Native American uh, idiom about taking off the head of the blanket to and then sewing onto the bottom? I, I can't remember. It's, a, it's about daylight savings time. You don't, don't you have know. no idea what I'm talking about. It's – you're John Gray. You want five John Grays in your rotation at any time. What you're trying to build, if you want to be a successful Rockies team, is a rotation that has at least several people of his makeup and caliber and numbers and etc. How many of those people have ever existed? Very, very few. And so while I understand, of course I understand, I've been doing this a long time. I've been around baseball. I understand you trade impending free agents when they're about to become 30 so that you can get prospects who are going to be good in a couple of years. And they're 
prime is going to match up with your contention window. I get all of that. But I also don't think that by the time, you know, in two or three years when John Gray's 32, 33 years old, that he's going to be completely done uh, and that that's too soon for the Rockies to be in contention again. I think so. Again, it's like, are you trying to grow a young, another young player who you're hoping becomes John Gray one day with whatever you get in these trade returns? Or why not just to continue to invest in one of the very few times you've You've built it. You you built the thing. You know, you it's 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 like you built the house, live in it. You bought the car, drive it. Uh you you drafted him, you used your draft capital, you used your development, you used his early years of of figuring out the ups and downs of Coors Field and, and the really rough year in 2018 and all of the things that come with it. And he's arrived like now. <laughs> And so while I get that the Rockies aren't going to be good for the next couple of years, probably that's again, and a lot of that depends even on the new CBA. Like that's another element of like, will it even make sense to do certain things? So yeah, it, with, with how much uncertainty there is out there, especially when it comes to Rockies pitching and because I don't think it would cost that much. Like I don't think John Gray breaks the bank for you at all. Uh, Again, understanding that, yeah, he's going to pitch a couple of decent years probably for a team that's not competitive. And what it feels a little bit like a waste. It's like you're talking about with the value of the home thing. And are you getting the absolute, are you squeezing the most out of the contract and the deal and the value and the dollar per war at the exact right time? Probably not. But you're institutionalizing what Colorado Rockies pitching is and should be. And I think that has a measurable value. And when you throw in the fact that they've got, I think, $41 million of guaranteed money going forward. Now, for anyone that doesn't know what that means, it just means uh, Ryan McMahon is guaranteed $0 next year. Ryan Maltapia is $0 because they haven't agreed to a deal going forward. It's year by year. When you're arbitration eligible, you're just making that money. So Charlie Blackman is the only one. Uh, who knows that he's going to get paid in a certain dollar amount. Scott Oberg, Herman Marquez, those are the only three guys right. that they have locked up past this season. Now, of course, McMahon and Toppy and all those guys will still be coming back next year. Yeah, yeah. But it's not guaranteed, just like with David Dahl, where you right. go, oh, they got rid of him. Well, they didn't have to pay him a, a penny. They didn't right. lose any money off of that. Whereas if you want to get rid of Charlie Blackman or if you want to cut him or designate him for assignment, you're still paying him that money. It right. is guaranteed. So the Rockies have all the money in the world to bring back John Gray. Yeah. Uh, but in a vacuum, you're wrong. I mean, no, you're right. In a vacuum, you're right with everything you just said. I forgot how vacuums work. No, I, I, I suck. No, I think you're. I think you're right. I'm wrong in a vacuum. And it, it forgetting. No, in a vacuum, you're right. It, you're right because because of course because you want five John Grays. You want all of those things. You know how hard it is to develop. But in 2021, you just said you want five John Grays. They don't. Do they not have four? Right now, do they not have four other pitchers? The only thing you need is just where you have to start. So it's that, yeah, you need other stuff too. You can't have a bullpen this bad and an offense this bad. But yeah, this is it, th th that's right. You need you're trying to recreate this rotation, which is why I, I always think it's interesting when people the same thing with Marquez. Like, should they trade Marquez, who arguably has much more value, who they could probably get a really intriguing package of prospects for if they really wanted to move Marquez but again it's like are the guys you're getting for Marquez going to be you know now with Trevor it makes sense because you can get some pitching out of him 
But if I'm tra trading Marquez, I'm trading for pitchers that I hope in a couple of years are as good as Marquez is right now. And I think as good as Marquez is going to be a couple of years from now. So, But him, him being good right now and even next year and the year after that doesn't get you closer towards that ultimate goal of winning a championship. But that's not the goal. That's not the point. The point well, it should be the point. A couple of years. No, 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 it, no, 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 it no, should, no. Well, I'm winning a championship should be the point. But look, just to get back to the John Gray thing. Don't twist my words. They, that's what I just said. Come on. But to go back to the John Gray thing, they've got five really good starters right now. They don't need John Gray. Um, and, and that's where I, that's where I would say, you know what, in could not any, any other year, what you're saying is dead on and you go, you probably need to bring John Gray back. I don't think they need to bring John Gray back, which then makes me think, well, where the hell are they going to spend this money? They need to go ahead and, and, and resign and extend Kyle Freeland and Senzatella. They've yeah. got to spend some money here, but they don't need to bring John Gray back because they've got four starters right now. Uh, and they've got Ryan Rawlson in the pipeline, with Peter Lambert. You, you need a lot more than that. You, you, we again, we talked about this for like 45 minutes the other day. You have to have that depth. You have to have, and we have no idea that those guys are going to be able to figure it out or not. But there's nobody that they need on the roster so that they can turn around and compete next year, unless they really do go out and sign a whole bunch of guys and right. do a bunch of stuff that we're in which case that that won't matter anyway. Right. Then we're having a completely different conversation. So of course there's, there's nobody on the rosters like, Oh, they have to sign him. Sure. So they can be good. It's, it's right. if you, if you sign John Gray for four or five years at whatever, uh, you know, at 10 to 12 million a year and you're, hoping that in year three, four, you know, the team has turned around, has been good again, and he's still good, but he's also done all of the things with the rest of the pitching staff and helping instill again, all the stuff that, that you need to be successful at Coors Field. And it's like, and guys, you know, don't, aren't necessarily done at 32 years old either. So, no, of you course know, of course it's, that's the other thing is it, it's just like, you know, if, if John was a little bit older, I, 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 maybe not feel this way because it's like, look, he, if he was going to be retired by the next time the Rockies were going to be good, I wouldn't be making this argument, but I don't think that's going to be the case. And so and I guess the, I, I think it's something that you can still have as a big part of your next successful Rockies rotation, even if by that time he's more like a veteran four or five guy who's just the dude who's figured out Coors Field and you've got these stud Rollison's turned into a stud and uh, maybe uh, Marquez is still around or, or who knows, you know, whatever the make Gomber has turned into a stud and now it's Rollison and Gomber are the guys Marquez is kind of filled in as that number three and gray is a veteran four or five or whatever, but he's still got it. Like that's, that's what I'm envisioning because I think that's. And I, and I'm very much okay with the, this idea that even if the Rockies aren't going to be a contender and I don't think they will for another say three more years that, Oh, they should just give everyone away or not even give everyone away. Let me rephrase it to, 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 to make my point to, to make trades, to try to acquire pieces for the future. You, you still need guys to be on your team. You still want to sell some jerseys. You don't totally want to deplete the club. Um, and you can bring back a, a, a guy like John Gray and, and you can still have your Herman Marquez. You can still have those players. They, they still play a role. As you said, teaching those younger guys how to do it, how to figure it out. So I'm not completely opposed um, with, with the idea of, oh, well, you should get rid of everybody or let everyone go um, because they still have a role. Right. I think, again, they've, they've got four guys. I think the need, there, there's more of a need to create space for guys. And again, you need to have 
you need to have depth in in the rotation more if you're going to contend if you're not going to contend it doesn't really matter if you have depth or not but i i think they would um and to a degree they might even be doing you know the the future of the franchise a disservice if uh you know they don't create some room now again we don't know what their grand plans are because you know you kind of threw something in there that man it creates more than a wrinkle. It, it like crumples up the crumples up a piece of paper. Now there's a billion other wrinkles and fractures. This idea that, well, wait a minute, if Marquez has the greater value, why don't you trade him and immediately turn around and, and give some of that money and then some, cause you got plenty of it to John Gray. And then that would, I think still for me, tick off all those boxes and still create space for some of the younger guys. But I, so that, that's my question to you is, do you think that they need to, essentially give an opportunity um, in the rotation to any of these guys in the next couple years, like the, the Rollison, the Lambert to a lesser degree, Carl Kaufman, El Chris Oliveras, uh, Chris McMahon, because if you resign John Gray, you, you have your five guys in the rotation locked up entirely until 2024 is when you have your next opening. And again, of course, we don't know anything about injuries and we don't know anything about, uh, you know, guys getting hurt and they could trade down the line. But do you think they need to, that, that's the one area where they they have that strength at the major league level and a little bit at the minor league level. Do you think they need to essentially create a little room in the rotation? No, no, I think they need to be stockpiling as many talented arms as humanly possible. Anyone under 30 has arm can throw strikes can mix pitches a little bit. I want them on the roster. And why I, is that? Because, well, another thing you can see, so you talked about that. So maybe in a couple of years, John Gray is the setup man. A lot of people thought he could become because you have had to make room for Elker Oliveras or uh, some of these other guys that have come through Carl Kaufman, if that happens. But I need the guys to prove it first. First of all, injuries happen, as you talked about. You, 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 you Smith, but it's a huge, huge part of it. Injuries are especially in Colorado when it comes to pitching. And so the idea that they're just going to have those five guys and they're going to pitch 90% of the games for the next four years, I just think is incredibly unlikely. You're going to need at least six or seven to step in when guys get hurt, guys go into slumps, little things like John's elbow right now. Maybe it's just a 10 day, misses a couple of starts, whatever you need those guys, but also uh, there are plenty of guys over the years who have gone the route of, you know, ending up in the bullpen and, and finding their success that way. And we know the Rockies need to completely rebuild their bullpen. So if it happens to be that that's the best place for Sensatella, it looks like maybe Chichi Gonzalez is figuring out his way into there. Uh, you know, it remains to be seen if Kyle Freeland is going to get back. I think we're putting the cart before the horse a little bit, assuming that Freeland's going to be you know, super productive the next couple of years and that that's going to work out. So again, it's like there's in your projection, there's just a lot of certainty about the Rockies pitching moving forward. And I, that's not a thing that I'm comfortable with having watched this team. That's a fair point. It's just like, this is a very rare thing. And so the idea that like, well, they've got it now, they've got depth, they've got the rock, so they can afford to kind of trade from it to help other parts of the team. I'm still like, no, 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 no. This is still, because this could fall apart at any minute. You lose John Gray, Armen Marquez gets hurt, Gomber plateaus at what he is, sends a teleplateaus at what he is, Freeland never gets it back, and now your rotation is a mess, and you're counting on Peter Lambert 
and Carl Kaufman. And Helga but Sol they're going to need to do that regardless. I think that's I the point. I don't think necessarily. I think, again, I've, as I've often said. Well, if we're talking about when they're going to contend yeah. again in 2024 or 25, isn't it going to be those young guys? And and don't they need that opportunity? Well, you said they had to prove it on the big league level. Well, I, I don't, don't they need room? No, I, I don't necessarily accept the premise that they're not going to be able to compete until 2025. So I do think it can be this roster, this group of guys who – this rotation of Gomber, Gray, Marquez, Freeland, Senzatella, and, and other guys will, again, they'll have to have another, at least one other major contributor to that group. You, no team goes uh, half a decade and just has their five starters, you know, do the whole thing. You've got to have other guys in there. So, and there's still a big gigantic question mark about who that's going to be. You know, I, I'd like to believe that that Rollison could be that guy, but I need to see it first. You need to prove to me that you can pitch through the dynamics of Coors Field before I'm going to believe that you're going to necessarily be anything. And so, yeah, they're going to need to get those opportunities, but they're going to. They're they're going to get them naturally. We well, don't. You don't. You don't know that though. Yeah. If, if you yeah. bring back John Gray, you if you are don't get those opportunities. You are sending a message, somewhat of a message that you maybe don't have that belief. And I and I, I think, don't think that's true at all. I don't believe that. And I don't. I don't think any one of those players will see that. You you've signed John Gray. It means you believe in John Gray. You think he's going to make your team better in the future. That's all that that means. No when you remember, when you start a guy or when you sign a guy, that's somebody else that you're putting on the bench or someone that, and so that does that does communicate something. And it, I, you're you're right. I know what you're saying because I mean, it there is a part of me that I'm like, yeah, that this does sound strange. This this debate, like to be on the side to to almost be disagreeing with you, like this idea that like, yeah, but you know, you're gonna have seven starting pitchers and then maybe eight in a couple years, and like. Exactly that's, what that's I That's a want. good thing. That's, that's a good thing. I've ever wanted, Patrick. This is what I've been. But Drew, I think the problem is you're you're you want the wrong eight guys, or you want the guys in the wrong spots. I feel I guess, like. I guess so. I think. I, um, you know, because again, I, I, I don't know why you have far more confidence in people who've never pitched an inning at Coors Field to do something. And I'm saying, how about we take the guys who among the hundred pitchers who've pitched at Coors Field in their lives? Let's take. Two of them who've actually figured it out and keep them around for the long term as an anchor so that we can build the rest of it around them. I don't, I, I, that, that seems obvious, I guess. Yeah, no, and that, that makes sense. Like, like I said, I, I think they've got five guys right now. Again, Gomber, much less proven. Um, Senzatella still building the resume. Marquez is that kind of future ace, or at least the Rockies ace. Maybe he's more of a number two for anybody else. Uh, Kyle Freeland, we've seen him essentially be the ace and, and, and John Gray, we've seen what, what he's been able to do. So I, I think they have those guys. And while granted, uh, I'm not necessarily saying I have all the confidence in the world in, in all of these young starters, but some of them are, are going to come through. And again, th there's, you know, again, we, we differ as to when they might, um, have their next run. And maybe that's how I should phrase it is, is they can be, you know, next year they could be competitive and, you know, be around 500, maybe even a couple games over 500 at the halfway point or at the all-star game, right? We've, we've seen teams do that. I mean, shoot, last year, the Miami Marlins were picked to finish last place in the NL East. And in a 60 game season, they snuck into the playoffs. So in a smaller sample size like that, guys can put it together and you go, Hey, well, they were, they were really contending in 2022 and then 2023, Again, look at the look at their 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 record and and how well they do. Again, I, I don't think it's really going to be until 2024 that they've kind of have that that core nucleus 
uh, of guys, some of which are on the team right now. And they can say, okay, now we kind of have a window of three or four years. And at that point in 2024, 25, Gray, Freeland, all these guys are going to be four or five years older, and now they aren't going to be a part of that next wave. They're going to be on the way out. So instead of blocking that wave of guys that will be ready in 24, 25, give them that opportunity to figure them. out which when one. They become free agents. That doesn't make any sense. They become Who's free agents be? at that point. They'll be, they'll be Who? gone. Who's a free agent? All of them after 2024. So you're saying you just need them all there for that one season. You're just saying just for 2024, it'll be bad to have all the old 33-year-old John Gray around because he'll because in 2024 specifically, that one year is when they're going to need whomever. Probably. No, because 2025 and then 26 and 27, well, right, when that, that window is open, now you're relying on a 35, 36-year-old John Gray. And who knows what he is at that point, so right? I don't think anyone knows. Five and, and the rest of those guys are no longer on contract. So no one's being blocked. So then you're okay with Kyle Freeland becoming a free agent, Antonio Senzatella being a free agent, or, or trading him away. Because if you think they're going to be We're contending before then. I don't know who's going to be on the team next year. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Well, but but if, like I said, there's I, this I'm splintering effect. I am theoretically okay with. Kyle Freeland and Antonio Sensatella becoming free agents after 2024, but that all depends on how they pitch between now and then and who the Rockies sign between now and then and how competitive they are between now and on, on a million different things that I have no idea how they're going to go. So, yeah, yeah I don't, I don't, I don't pr uh, pretend or, or portend to, to have a crystal ball. It's just, there's a splintering effect where if this happens, then these are the two options. And if that happens, these are the two options. And I think if you kind of, you know, take a, a 10,000 foot view over all of it, um, I, I just don't know that it's it's necessarily a, a better recipe for for finding success, especially as you said, you know, John Gray is a is a setup man getting paid, you know, top dollar as a, as a starting pitcher. I mean, obviously, you wouldn't draw it up that way. <laughs> uh, top dollar, John Gray making top. You pay him twelve million dollars to be a setup man, as as you said. Fine so whatever. What's, what's, what's wrong? <laughs> Again, I do not see the problem in having a guy who knows how to pitch at Coors Field still be here and being paid for it. To, I, this is, yeah, this is really bizarre. I thought we, we, we just talked about this the other day. We went that is eating like up a lot of your payroll. Up. That is eating up a lot of payroll for uh, for a spot like that. But you're right. That is a good, you know, it's him being not. in the bullpen, you would imagine he would, you know, still be able to figure that out. But he, again, if you're signing him to, you know, uh, that long term of a deal, Obviously, you know, it, it, it may be going a little sour if that's the case, which which you're right. It isn't the worst thing in the world. But uh, like I said, I just think you're you might be blocking some of those young guys and and almost shooting yourself in the, the foot. The only scenario under which you're blocking all of your young pitchers is one in which all of those guys are healthy and pitching really well, which is a really which good is what you hope for. Rockies. And then guess what? And isn't that what they would say? Isn't that what they forward. would say? And then you've got a good team. Yes, that's a good thing. Then your team is good. So, uh, no, this is a, it's a good thing. You need the pitching. You have to have all of the pitching and the Colorado Rockies need more of it than anybody else. If you're ever going to be successful, you, you start, you just hand it over to the next group. One or two don't work out. One or two get hurt and you're done and you've got nothing to go back to. And it, your, your depth is dead. You have to have all those guys, especially 
when you're the Rockies. So yeah, the we're, idea we're talking about one guy. We're only we're talking about John Gray, and we should also mention too. Um, there was news about Ryan Rollison today. Bud Black said at ever. <laughs> uh, Bud Black did say at the end of uh, his presser that uh, Ryan Rollison did have uh, appendicitis. He did give his uh, appendix taken out. Uh, appendix taken out, unfortunately. So uh, he will be sidelined for about five to six weeks. Um, he's been told. So uh, when he gets back, he'll he will go back to uh, report back to Albuquerque. So. That's very disappointing for uh, a guy that we thought maybe we would see in 2020. For much of 2020, he's not getting the injury bug, and 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 who knows what that does for his timeline. But uh, fingers are crossed. Good vibes getting sent out to uh, to Ryan Rawlson, and hope he has a, a normal, quick, regular recovery for his appendicitis. Yeah, I uh, have. You, have you been through that? I've I've n- I, I never done no. that. No, never done the appendix thing. So. Uh, it, it's just one of those things I've seen in, in like movies and television shows, people talking dramatizations and it looks awful. <laughs> it looks like, it looks horrible. Yeah. Not good. Uh, uh, well, all right, then I uh, got to help out some of our friends, of course, you know, starting with our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, the absolute best damn sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Very easy to navigate, plenty of instructions for new bettors, limitless ways to get in on all of the new action, all kinds of stuff going on. They're constantly throwing promos at you. Uh, You know, here we love doing baseball stuff. So, of course, we're doing uh, home runs and who's going to get a hit, over-unders on strikeouts and run totals and who's going to win a ball game. You get similar stuff in the NBA and the NHL, especially with playoffs going on right now. Been a little bit rough there for the Nuggets and the Avs. Still plenty of faith, though, holding the faith there, believing in our teams. Got to get out there now, specifically on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, because they've got the $1 into $100 in site credits deal for the basketball team of your choosing. Just pick a winner, and they'll turn a dollar into $100 when you use promo code DNVR. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. If you do, you will claim that $100 in free credits. It's promo code DNVR for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions of fries. Uh, a fry? <laughs> Apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call one 800 522 Zero zero, and of course, you know that is just one of the many deals that you get for being a member of the DNVR family, including oftentimes uh, discounts on things like Good Company Celsius. Come having right here, get your Breck Brew beers, your fifteen can samplers uh, down at the liquor store or at the King Supers or at the DNVR bar, where you do get a bigger one if you're a member of the family. You also get discounts on hats, shirts, masks, and you get access to our Discord channel. Sign up for the one year right now. We'll hook you up with a free shirt at the DNVR locker and a free holistic stick from our friends at Holistic Wellness. Check them out at H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com and then use promo code DNVR30 to get 30% off after we've sent you that free bit just for signing up. As Jacob did, he says, I signed up for the DNVR subscription just so that I could see Patrick's hair care routine it changes every day the you know there are so many benefits i forget some of them i didn't know it i didn't know that was one of them yes a lot a lot of collagen it's good to have those collagen that they got in the uh Mm. holistic sticks it's good for your hair good for your skin fingernails the whole 10 yards don't leave home without it but you know what my DraftKings sportsbook pick of the week let's get it in early this week 
Uh, quick turnaround time as we do have a 5-10 start here in the Mountain time zone. We got Rockies at Marlins. Antonio Senzatella against Pablo Lopez. It's going to be painfully low scoring, which is why you can take the under. The line is at seven, the over-under line. Um, uh, if you go with the Marlins, under seven. Uh, or I, actually, you don't even need to do that. You can just take under seven. Under seven. Uh, I would even say you can go under. You could go under five and a half. You could go under five and a half. That's plus one sixty-five. That's my DraftKings like sportsbook pick of the week. It's going to be low sto- scoring. Sensatel is still going to be on his game. Yeah. Pablo Lopez, sneaky good. That entire yeah. rotation for the Marlins is is pretty darn good. And well, we know what happens when. I was going to say, first game of road trip. Also, yeah. Miami has always been a house of horrors. It was specific oh, so for bad. Helton and Tulo. It'll be interesting to see how this new crop of guys handle it, but I'm guessing not well. <laughs> uh, no, there there was a question asked. Me. There was a question asked uh, uh, of Buddy at the end by our, our our pal Kevin Henry about the road hitting and you know trying to to get ahead early in counts or rather. To, uh, to put balls in play earlier in the count so they don't fall behind. But Buddy said, you know, we have no real mandates. We just know, like, that 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 pitch at the bottom of the zone, if you're going to pound that into the dirt and make it out, you know, you got to have to sit back on it. So it's it's just a different approach altogether that, that just makes it so hard with, with the Coors Field hangover. And they always feel it when they go to Miami. They're, they're hitting, you know, really well again, but – Shoot, we saw we they scored a billion runs against Cincinnati at home a couple weeks ago. Then they then went to New York, New York. and it was it was disastrous. So O for New York, yeah. So so yeah. hopefully you know that the fun that they had uh, with the Miami Vice and the the Tony Montana Scarface say. vibes they had, hopefully it helps them you know keep things a little bit loose and and knowing they're gonna get Trevor Story back. You have some of the guys on the fringes of the roster saying, "Hey, shoot, this might be my last day before I go back to Albuquerque." Let me make it make it last, and and they have a big game. We'll see. Alan Trejo, if you're watching, we see you, <laughs> We've, and you look fantastic in the in in, in all the stuff. They okay. they look like they're having fun out there. Yeah, no, it's it's a good point. Or even like Brandon Rogers, I like. Oh man, I've kind of enjoyed playing shortstop. This is good, but it's kind of been fun. Yeah, imagine if I would have said two years ago when I really started, uh, well, pretty much when I became the conductor of the Alan Trejo train to a degree. Mm-hmm. And again, it, this train isn't going terribly train. fast. Yeah. Anyone can jump on it. It's not a, <laughs> I haven't invested a lot of money in this train, but Plenty still, of space. Plenty of space. I was the first guy on that train and say, no, this guy's a thing. If, you know, who would have believed me if back then I wouldn't have said this, and I, I don't even think I would have said it a week ago. Uh, if I would have said, hey, you know that guy that was just drafted a couple years ago at the University of San Diego, Alan Trejo, he's going to hit his first major league home run before top prospect Brendan Rodgers. You said, what? He's, is he even a big leaguer? Is right. what's happening to Brendan Rodgers that he's not doing it first? And in fact, Rodgers has still yet to hit a home run as a shortstop. He did it as a pinch hitter, whereas uh-huh. Trejo did do it as a shortstop. Uh, as a defensive replacement came in. I was going to say because that. he stayed in the game, yeah. He stayed in the game, so. <laughs> Aha! Got him. Go. That's fantastic, man. Uh, yeah, w- are, are there any of these guys that we could see? Because I'm with you. The offense going to, you know, can tap, keep it going. It, is That's one of the things I, I'm really curious about because, you know, you you helped me along on my, my most recent Tapia rant about, you know, his slump and how most of it did occur on the road but part of my you know building up of tapia has been 
one of the things you've got to look deeper at is that he hits on the road, that that he's a little more or a little less apt to fall victim to the Coors hangover effect than other hitters. I'd really love to see him have a strong road trip. Uh, like you said, Miami does have good pitching. Actually, Cincinnati has really good pitching as well, though. We'll get into all the sticky ball stuff another time. Uh, they, they, they're, they're, let's just say Cincinnati are pioneers in baseball, uh, and and they're. But as it stands, their their pitching is very good, and, and so uh, I agree. I think some guys are in for some rough road trips, and it's tough for Rogers. You know, asking him to prove himself under these circumstances with no protection in the lineup, with him, you know, kind of having to contribute to see if anything's going to happen. And this, I, I believe, will really be his second big road trip as a, a starter here. And so I, I'd really love to see him find his way into some success. Going to be tough for him, though. Yeah, it will be. Uh, he is in the lineup tonight. Uh, he's batting seventh behind that Adams, who gets to start at first base. Fuentes still uh, right there in the middle of the lineup, batting fifth and playing third base. Um, you know, with, with Tapia, you know, his, his floor, his lows aren't that low because he's not going to, you know, he's not gonna have those golden sombreros. He's, he's still yet to have that at the major league level where you go, man, he looked bad. And yeah, Grant, if you hit a too many ground balls, people are going to get upset. Um, I mean, they're going to get upset if, if you were paid uh, top dollars, a free agent. Yeah. Uh, but if you're a homegrown guy, you know, you can get a pass for that. And I think Tapia rightfully so, you know, gets a pass because he's, he's putting the ball in play. He's not as frustrating as pretty much every other guy who's just kind of swinging and missing, uh, you know, off his heels. So, uh, he's, he's a little more slump proof in that way. Again, as we talked about, you know, we, we want the ceiling to, to, to get a little bit higher rather than just the floor. But, uh, I, I think he's going to be okay. I, 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 we should see him in, in the six game series. Uh, I bet he'll have hits in at least four of those series. Uh, maybe not multi-hit games, but he should be able to at least do that. Uh, he's facing a, yeah. And he's mainly facing righties. I think uh, for this entirely uh, Wade Miley is scheduled to start for the reds on, on Saturday. So, uh, but even still, you know, <laughs> yeah, he's 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 worth keeping in there against the lefties. And again, we we know the Rockies don't have too many better options. But right, Rogers is the one you know you you got to have your eye on this week and and see how he does and kind of gets his legs uh, underneath him and, um, and and tries to do some things. I like Don Nunez to maybe even uh, go yard tonight. I mean, he's either going to go yard or or strike out three times, four times. Strike out three times. Yeah, yeah I think he's he's had he six du- six doubles, two triples. Five homers and only six singles. Only so six I mean, <laughs> it's neck and neck. Like you go to the ballpark and they got the you know Ford Tundras racing. It's like yeah. I got the red one. It's like I'm gonna take home runs over singles. Come on. Uh, so right now, singles and doubles are are tied, but homers with a good uh, good right week there. on the road, and in, in two smaller ballparks where you're not gonna have those little dinks True. for a single. He he could be coming home with uh, with seven homers maybe. And I like that. He's got to get one six singles. Got to get one there. Though he doesn't need a, a small ballpark to get him. Nunez really is. A, when he gets it, he gets it. <laughs> you know, he doesn't hit a lot of wall scrapers, that guy. Um, yeah, and, and then, of course, obviously, as always, the, the pitching will, you know, we'll keep our eyes on that. It'll, I suspect we'll continue to see a tale of 
two two teams, right? Two units, the starting rotation that can really bring it and, and do their thing. And, and I'm with you. I think Senza keeps it going. I think they come out and we're about to see a string of quality starts. I wouldn't be surprised if we see six quality starts in a row from Ooh. the Rockies out on this road trip. I like that. Um, it, that includes Chi-Chi on Thursday. Keeping that? I'll take Chi-Chi. I'll okay. take Chi-Chi. Hey, you know what? In Cincinnati, though. Cincinnati's gonna be hard. He's got it up here this year. Chi Chi's locked in mentally, and it's tough. It's tough to account for that. Um, yeah, Cincinnati's yes. Yeah, Cincinnati's got some sneaky good hitters, and they've got some sneaky good hitters that uh, beat up on the Rockies a bit. Jesse Winker scares the crap out of me. Um, Star. Uh, Votto, I mean, as always, is, is is Votto. Is he is is he healthy and still and he's in the lineup? That's, yeah, he just came back off the IL. Um, yeah, that's not today. Good. Actually, he's gonna be his first game back. He had okay, some, so he had some spicy words for uh, St. Louis because uh, Cincinnati just just Votto. swept the Cardinals and he dropped some good good bombs there, so to speak. Uh, that was that was again. We you, we've mentioned two guys in the last couple of minutes here who are always guys. I I every off season it's like Rocky's got to go after that guy if they get him. It's gonna be ruined. Joey Votto because there were always rumors they were gonna trade him. Still haven't that contract. Actually, now that you look at it, don't do that. Um, and Wade Miley, you know, is always another one. I guess got to pitch till he's forty nine. <laughs> yeah, we've we've uh, definitely talked favorably about Miley, but uh, John Gray is gonna throw tomorrow, so we'll see. Hopefully he he only misses the minimum, so that would be nice. Um, you know him, him coming back home mm-hmm. uh, for the, the next series next week. They start play against San Diego and Milwaukee, so that will be kind of interesting to see where those two clubs are at. They're both kind of in the hunt. Milwaukee, you know, scrapping and, and struggling a little bit more. The other interesting piece of news that did come out today too, not to to totally move off the the subject of of this upcoming road series, but uh, Riley Pint did announce oh, his retirement. Ryan. That's right. Well, he didn't announce it. Uh, I guess Thomas Harding did technically, or <laughs> through the Rockies, through Thomas Harding. Yeah. As it were, I know if I when I retire, I will be letting Thomas know. First yeah, I, I want Thomas so he can put it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so that I can at least have an article written about me on MLB.com. Totally. I mean, right. Why else would you want to do that? But yeah, kid's only twenty three years old. Yeah. Um, buddy, even you know he, when we was asked the question, he just said, you know, I don't know what to say. You know, and then he said something, but. His initial, you know, yeah. reaction was just, I, I don't know what to yeah. say. What, right. And there, there isn't much to say. He did just continue by saying, you know, what an arm. Wow. Um, you just never know what's going to happen with young players, especially high schoolers. And 23 years old, he's, he's done for now. You never yeah. know. We, we've seen these guys yeah. step away and go, shoot. I mean, I've, I've had those moments at, at various points in my life with, with different hobbies and jobs and careers where I think about stepping away. And then I go, yeah, you know what I'm, but I'm really good at that other thing. So maybe I, maybe I should go back to it again. And yeah. that, that's really where my bread and butter is, you know? And, and so maybe Pine needs that time away. We see Mark Appel, uh, he's doing it where he retired another, you know, top pick. He was actually first overall there by the Astros. And he's just now after some arm injuries, feeling better, uh, cleaned up the, the elbow a bit. Yeah. And so he's trying to make a return. So, you know, maybe that'll happen for, for Pine. You, you kind of hope that's the case. And maybe he just needs to, step away and just say, all right, who am I? And, and maybe he will say, I am a baseball player. I, I need to be playing baseball and he'll, he'll, he'll jump back on that horse again. But if he never does, you know, what could have been, but you know, you know, he tried his hardest and that's, that's just the luck of the draw. Unfortunately. Yeah, man, it's, it's a tough gig. 
it is a hard job. And I've talked before about my favorite baseball movie is Sugar. And, you know, a lot of people who've seen a hundred baseball movies are going, what are you talking I haven't seen that. What are you talking about? And one of the reasons why is that it captures a lot of these elements. And I don't want to ruin the end. I could tell the end of the movie, which really, I think. It's aspartame. Is that it? It's actually yeah, aspartame. Yeah. They've been drinking the whole time. That's right. Okay. Um, but there's a scene early in the movie where well, well said, explain explain the, the the general synopsis of what sugar is because it is a film that we've talked about on, on the show a lot. It is one of your all-time favorite baseball movies. Right. Um and it, it's something everyone should see, but it doesn't have any stars in it. I don't I think there's anyone you could even name. Right. right. What what is the brief synopsis of it and, and You'll see how it ties to Riley Pine. So it it follows a young Dominican pitcher who has, you know, shown up at some camps for a a make-believe Kansas City team because they apparently couldn't use the Royals. They call them the Knights or something like that. Um, Though they talk about the Yankees, which is – anyway, I'm getting (laughs) – I can talk about this movie forever. Uh, But basically he shows a ton of promise at this camp in the Dominican, right? There's all these guys there, and and, and he's got better natural speed, and and, uh, they're teaching him to throw a knuckle curve. And they decide, okay, there are a couple guys from this camp that we want to invite. And this happened to Rymal Tapia, same thing. Signed out of high school, not really school. Well, we don't need to get into all that, but – Basically, you're a professional at 17 years old. You're a kid. As a a kid. And then you play a couple of leagues in in the Dominican. You're in camp every summer. And then some guys come up. They look at you. They get real close. They take notes. They send you to the United States. Boom. You're at spring training. Not to make team. You're you're hoping to make rookie ball or, or A ball or something like that. Right? And so the scene that I'm thinking of comes up. At that moment, they they get the first big news. You get to go to spring training. Holy crap. Now you're saying bye to mom and girlfriend and aunts and uncles and cousins and everybody. You're playing baseball on the street one last night. You throw a party and then you're off to Arizona or Florida. And you're there in spring training. And the coach gets in front of it. And there's 200 people, 200 ball players, spring training out here doing the thing. And the coach gets in front of everybody and he says, congratulations for making it here. Just remember, there are 50 guys behind you who want your spot. And there are 50 guys ahead of you who are working their asses off to keep you here. And get out there and do the thing. You know, and that's, that is the nature of this game of baseball. And, and it's one of the things that the other sports don't really have this like huge, massive turnover of bodies and of people and of hundreds of minor leaguers and all of these guys. And and so, yeah, you know, when I see this happen for a guy like pint and I go, man, it's, it's just tough. You're, you don't have it for a certain amount of time and that's it. Someone else has got your job now. And, and that's the brutal nature of baseball, but you're right. Like you, you, you never stop having been, a ball player, right? Like every once in a while, I'll refer to myself as an ex-musician because I haven't played a gig or a show in seven years. And Katie or somebody on Twitter will slap me around a little bit and be like, do you still play music? Do you still write music? Do you still love music? I'll go, yeah. Well, then you're still a musician. Shut up. You know, it's the same thing. Uh, uh, Riley Pine will always have been a professional ball player and will always be a ball player. 
So bummer. Yeah, that's not going to leave him, right? Because yeah. you know he can go back to to Kansas and say, you know what, I want to start a, a a school, or I want to, mm-hmm. you know, build a, a a small structure, you know, with batting cages in it, and, and start my own academy. And it's 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 his business, right? It's it's his family business now going forward. And again, you might need to step away and do absolutely nothing, not even touch a baseball. But at the end of the day, I've even had those moments too before I worked for DNVR where. You take a break and you go, all right, I'm not going to be as involved in the day-to-day, you know, yeah. machinations of, of baseball. And you go, yeah, I, I want to come back now. Like, I, I miss it. You know, you, you just can't not. It's, you know, to to a, a much lesser degree and maybe even a better point is pro wrestling, which is something that you and I, you yeah. know, we liked when, when we were kids. And then you step away and then you check right. in on it and you step away. And then it's like, it's still there. And I go, why do I like this dumb thing? It's not it's just kind of always been there. And I think, you know, that's, that's true for all of us. And and we're kind of of this generation that's so nostalgic and you see adults buying, you know, life-size Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle statues. And you're like, this is weird, but it's also acceptable. And, you know, being 40 years old and and playing video games and you're like, that's your big plan for your, your vacation or your weekend, whatever it is. It's just a way of the world. You know, once something, you know, gets inside of you, it, it becomes a part of you in that way. Uh, and, and that's what it'll be for baseball and, and Riley Pine. So look forward to that day that, that he comes back. And even if he doesn't, or even if he comes back and we never hear about it, that'll, that'll be a good day for him to, to say, yeah, no, this is still my thing. Yeah. And this is still an important part of me. I, I don't want to lose it. I don't want to give it away, but I will say for anyone who's seen it, the very last shot of that movie of sugar, because he, he goes through a whole thing where he falls Again, a little bit of spoilers. You don't want me to spoil the movie for you. Just turn the podcast off right now. Because he falls out of love with baseball at one point. It's almost documentary-esque. Yeah. Because I feel like there's a little, there's minimal dialogue, right? You're like, From what I remember it. Yeah, and all of a sudden. And you don't know who these people are. You can turn it on and almost think that it is is a documentary. Yeah, yeah. That that final third of the movie, there's very little baseball. And he starts just learning to do other things. He kind of runs away from the team for a little while. Um, and I won't say in what capacity, cause I don't want to ruin the whole thing, but he finds a way, not necessarily the way, but a way to remember that he loves the game of baseball and I'm going to cry. So I'm just going <laughs> to, I just like, it just, and he does that and he pounds the glove and smiles. Cause that's what we do when we love the game of baseball. I'm all emotional right now. <laughs> it's been like it's been at least a month since we've had a moment like this for you, Drew. I, I, I think that's I don't know if that's Ooh, like good God. for you, but it's also not bad to get emotional. I got I'm like, ah, damn. I I used to be good at pushing your buttons. I forgot where your buttons are, Drew. <laughs> I gotta remember to go back and find your buttons. Uh find don't isolate button. that quote, please. Uh find the buttons. Uh you make sure <laughs> right. Cause I remember one of the last times it was you know, uh, start bench cut, and it was I think like three sluggers where it was like Galarraga, Bichette, oh. Walker, or Helton, and you had to cut one of them. Like oh. Drew, you're gonna, and I was like, <laughs> I know I it's gonna get you. Me. It got you. I knew that was gonna get you. I have nightmares of Dante Bichette showing up. And said, Did you cut me? Did you cut me off of the roster? Can you imagine that the size of that guy? Sure. Did you cut me? <laughs> uh, all right and on that note we're gonna go watch some baseball so yeah. thank you all for hanging out with us we really enjoy having you along for the ride make sure you're subscribing to the youtube channel so you never miss a live show and you can join us during the live chat that's right everyone shout out 
to Nikola Jokic for winning the NBA MVP. We didn't forget. We don't talk about basketball on the show, but what what a phenomenal representative for the city of Denver and for professional uh, athletics here in town. So you're right. We shouldn't finish today's show Thank without Gary. Yeah. Congratulations you, to him, the Nuggets, and everybody at DNVR Nuggets who called it, and everybody on DraftKings Sportsbook who we know made a whole bunch of money today. Cha-ching. Make sure if you did, buy us some beers down at the DNVR bar. We yeah. only have, like I think, like 16 different uh, Nuggets shirts, so go right. out and get one. You can get this one, Fraud City. Totally. You can get There's a more coming when you sign up for an annual membership today, so do all that stuff. Go. Drink your Strava Craft coffee and your Breck Brew and Seltzy and eat your Hassle Cattle Company beef and all the other things that we do. Place your bets at DraftKings Sportsbook. We appreciate each and every one of you. Make sure you follow us on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies, and subscribing to the DNVR.com. Other than that, just be absolutely awesome out there. We'll keep being absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.